We apologize for this brief interruption in the show. As many of you likely know, the Higher Standard Podcast is officially sponsored by Transcend Company. Transcend has been my longtime provider for both testosterone and peptide therapies, but they offer so much more. Whether you're interested in health, wellness, or longevity, it all begins with you getting your blood work done. A lab draw will help you get the numbers and establish your baseline. You can go to transcendcompany.com slash THSP. That's transcendcompany.com slash THSP. Or you can click the link in the show notes on any streaming platform and on YouTube. Fill out your information and one of the representatives will contact you to get your journey started today. Now back to the show. Yeah, that's 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 right. No, 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 no. I think that's real. Fifteen minutes. No, no, that's not the first time I heard that. I think that's real. Fifteen minutes in a cold plunge. I would honestly not do that. Better usage of time elsewhere. Bro, the science says eleven minutes a week. Total. Total. All in. (laughs) in. You get all the effectiveness. Uh, I'm totally happy with like two minutes at Equinox a time. Have a Who cold did 15? Plunge? No, surprisingly not. Huh? Who did 15? Oh, somebody that we know from work. Uh, yeah. But Equinox does not have a cold plunge. You would think. Yeah. Like, how much am I paying you guys? Right. Y'all can't get like, you know, you know a thing? Come on, do this. Or like a red light sauna? They don't have lights? a red light sauna? No, just regular it's sauna. Bullshit. I know. I know. It's what wild. are you paying for? I, technically nothing. Oh, who's paying for it? Uh, I, I don't uh, know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awkward. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the number one financial literacy podcast in the world. I didn't tell you guys this. We, our last couple episodes charted very well in the entrepreneurship category. In, Again, in Apple. we're back they, at it. Start of the year. No, actually, all of our episodes chart in entrepreneurship, which is a mm-hmm. subcategory of business. Um, and we're constantly in the top 200 to start. I think our, our last one started off around 150, 180 something. Good job, man. That's episodes. So like every episode in entrepreneurship that comes out, mm, we're up there. I don't know that the sound really like, made it impactful, but I like to think it was all of us. We did it together as a unit. That's why I said we're up there. Yeah, I was equal. You don't have to include him if it's already presumed he's included. Now you're just now you're excluding him by including him. No, I'm not. That, that's what you did. No, I'm being very inclusive. I like to think that all of us did it, Saeed. Yes, but you're looking just looking at me. You're not addressing him. I can't see his face. You're looking to the camera. You're doing a lot of sidestepping right now. <laughs> Side you, stepping? You're sidestepping the fa- Arun. Please. Well, don't. Please tell me how you Why feel are we about starting this. So do you think early? it has anything to do with us cutting down one episode? It might be. Look, Said's so happy he's pushing his little microphone cushy thing up off the microphone. He's not stroking Push it. Push it down, least. bro. Uh, Stro- there you go. Uh, there you go. ASMR, baby. <laughs> ASMR. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We talk about financial literacy. It's crazy. We don't believe it either. But uh, sitting next to me, my partner in time, the one and only, the man who gives Mike's the handy, Said Omar. <laughs> Thank you, man. Sitting next to me on my left is my partner in crime, Chris Nahibi. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Mm, and a good show that it will be, we promise, because we've done it one a week, and if we don't, you'll never listen again. So, <laughs> yeah, fuck us. Behind the ones and twos, DJ Grover, a.k.a. Arun. A.K.A. Maroon, A.K.A. Baboon. <laughs> yeah. Hello, wife. She actually listens now. I know. Oh. Is that weird for you, by the way? Oh yeah. Did like, she fully admit to being Jeff now, or are we? <laughs> no. Well, we went and had dinner today, and um, she was like, "You guys are so fucking funny." And I was like, "What do you mean?" She's like, "I've la- I've listened to the last four episodes. You guys are so good." I'm like, "The oh, skepticism wow. that's present in that right. statement is yeah, very well, concerning." What did you think it was before? Yeah. <laughs> Like, y'all went to the studio, y'all talked some shit, but you, you guys are funny, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. This guy got ahead of the game. He did Valentine's Day dinner tonight. Oh, try to skip the, the crowds. For, for the listener, February yeah. 12th today. It is February 12th. It is Monday, February 12th. That'll become relevant later on in the show. But for right now, let's stick with the Valentine's Day theme because I got a lot of questions. You do? 
What was Valentine's Day dinner in the Grover household? Uh, Avia's restaurant in Newport Beach. Oh, that photo that you sent me with the kids was yeah. today. Okay, yeah, nice. Yep. My wife worked in Newport today, working out of a client's office, and I thought it'd be a nice surprise. At five o'clock, we were outside of the office. She walked out, and she was like, "Oh shit, what are you guys doing here?" So you always stalk me? <laughs> yeah, just wanted to make sure you are where you said you were going to be. So you and the kids showed up there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Nice. Yep. Uh, met her up, and then we drove a mile to the restaurant, ate dinner, and then headed home. Side, I know you know you're a married man, and you gotta you Good gotta man. fulfill you the obligations. Doing, you still doing Valentine's Day gifts? I was going to ask that. That's where I was yeah, going. That's where you're yeah, going with I was, this. I was going. <laughs> <laughs> ask him. Let's see. Are you, do you do Valentine's Day gifts? No, just flowers. Yeah, I could have called that. that. Which, by the way, smart. I like that. Yeah. That's okay. a good financial decision. I, and that's not, even, it's not even the financial decision. I feel like in some way, shape, or form, mm-hmm. cliche as it may be, okay. Valentine's Day should be celebrated throughout the year. Right. Right? It's a year-round thing. Yeah. So me giving you a gift as a culmination on the day of, that's shortchanging you the rest of the year. Right. I'm, not, I'm I'm spreading the wealth out. Here's exactly. actually a funny story, Said. Um, a f- was it? I think last year, two years ago, something like that. Um, Marcel and I were near Awa's office, so we had lunch, and then I was like, "Hey, let me just go buy some flowers and drop it off to Awa." And my sister, uh, Marcel was like, "Why?" And I was like, "I just want to do something nice." She was like, "Okay, go drop off the flowers." Awa's office. Everyone's like, "Oh my god, you have the best brother!" Blah blah blah. I was super happy. We get home. Marcel and I get into a fight. Because I had not bought Marcel flowers since we got married. And oh, Marcel was like, why don't you ever buy me flowers? I'm like, you literally told me you hate flowers. You hate taking care of them. Oh, no. Every girl that says that. This is like compounding that. being kicked in the dick. So <laughs> not only did you do that, but now you've told the story publicly on the show. Yeah. Which she now listens to, too. <laughs> I, I, I got to tell you, I, I feel like that's a, that's a bad decision. I feel like every girl that says they don't like flowers secretly means you better be buy me flowers. flowers. Yeah, this is a note for all men out there or mm-hmm. women that buy flowers. My wife does this, too. So I don't like flowers. I like succulents. Those are flowers, dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Those right. are flowers, right? right? Right, exactly. She's like, no, you don't understand. I'm like, clearly I do not. Right. What about you? You buying gifts? No, no gifts. Plans for the day? Making dinner. At home yeah. with the kids? Yeah, making her dinner. Yeah, Candlelight wine. No, no more flowers on Valentine's Day. It's it's wild. This is this is highway robbery at this point. Oh, I know. Because I you know, fully contribute to it. <laughs> it's just it is yeah. what it is. You just accept it. Well, no, no. So I, what I will say is, my wife is not like the romantic Valentine's Day type. Okay. In a lot of ways, she has like tomboy tendencies. Very well done. I was waiting for it. It makes me feel like I'm at home when you do it now. Yeah, it's comforting. We're here. It's like you caressing me in a very loving. In a familiar way, when you pop that can. You're welcome. Thank you. Deep voice, thank you. Um, so, yeah, you know, she's never kind of liked doing those, like, over-the-top extravagant things. Time is more valuable to her, which, you know, mm-hmm. that, that means a lot to me. But I, I never really did a whole lot of flowers in the very beginning. In the last couple of years, including this one, when it's a good thing she won't hear the show until after Valentine's Day, did, did a, I did a really nice over-the-top flower thing last year. I think this year is going to be a over-the-top one. Well, I know it's gonna be over the top one. Yeah. Um, interesting bouquet. It's actually shaped like a heart, and it's got like a. It's coming off like a center piece that has. It's really okay. Yeah, really artistic variant. Nice. But uh, we're also. I'm also taking the day off work, and I'm gonna go with her to the gym, which is what she wanted to do. And then we're gonna go grab a nice lunch, and then her parents will pick up mm. our son, and then we'll come back home like around three, three, four o'clock. So we'll hopefully miss the clusterfuck that is Valentine's Day. Okay. There you go. And the clusterfuck that might happen in the market. After the CPI report comes out tomorrow. Oh, 
Okay, B minus segue. I feel like you could have been a little more. I'm trying to get us back on track. You, you could have like, you could have went hard. This is a Valentine's Day episode, bro. It, 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 we are on track. Is it a Valentine's Jeff Day episode? Valentine's yeah, Day. Jeff doesn't give a fuck about Valentine's what's Day. Wrong, what's wrong with this guy, Jeff? Jeff wants the dad. I mean, seriously, why did you marry Jeff? I mean, hey. Marcel. I mean, fuck. <laughs> no, hold on. You know, Jeff came back and left a comment saying, "Guys, no, I really do enjoy. I really do enjoy." Did it. Really? Yeah, you didn't see it in in the on review the, on, on YouTube. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jeff, we appreciate you, even if you are married to. Rune. <laughs> All right, we're going to turn off the top of the show. Kabisi Letter, they have some interesting data on household debt, mortgages, auto loans, student loans, and credit card debt. Uh, spoiler alert, it's going to make you poop yourself, okay? And not in the way you like. Uh, first big inflation report of 2024 is coming out tomorrow, the 13th mm-hmm. of February, day before Valentine's Day. So it'll be a good or bad Valentine's Day. This is just like Groundhog Day. Right. Okay, if CPI pops up. You know, you might get a good, nice little summer. Expectations are it's supposed to come down, but um, it'll be the first of two before the next meeting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Two. <laughs> it's better than one. Is that what I was doing? Yeah, I see what you're doing there. TikTok influencers promise they'll make you rich, but the math does not add up. We've been trying to get this into the show for multiple weeks now, and, uh, well, it's just a great opportunity for us to talk some shit. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to do the name dropping on this one. Are you really? Oh, yeah. I'm calling out all the influencers I think are fully, fully shit. Really? Fully. I did not know this. Oh, yeah. I, I, that was going to be my surprise when we eventually dropped it, but we never dropped it. So now you get the surprise. Okay, let's go. Investors in Airbnb arbitrage, one of the fucking banes of my existence, the idea of taking a word like Airbnb, which is a brand new business, and trying to sexify it mm-hmm. with the word arbitrage. Ooh, Airbnb arbitrage. What is that? Right. Sounds, that sounds exhilarating. Yeah, it sounds like something I should invest oh, my money in. God, that sounds like a great way to get rich quick. <laughs> Until it wasn't. Right. And then uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, 3% mortgages sound too good to be true. Probably because it is. Yeah. yeah. It's not coming back anytime soon. But for our podcast listeners, whether that's on Apple or Spotify, please head over and leave us an honest five-star review. It does a lot for the show. And if you're watching us over on YouTube, make sure you hit that like button, subscribe, ring that notification bell, do all the moist, goody-good sassafras. Got it on there. You don't have to add a word into it every couple of weeks <laughs> yeah, just this, until this. you get to the point where you really can't say it anymore. <laughs> Why? Give me some. This week? Yeah. No, 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 no. It's got to be mid-show. I got to get you rolling in. All right. Yeah. I can't get you with the gimme. All right. Let's do it. Um, well, so there aren't many things that I read anymore that really stop me dead in my tracks. Okay? I mean, I read a lot. I read on Twitter. I read articles every single night. And I've tried to scale back a little bit from going too hard into data because some of this stuff, it, it frankly, it's just grim. Mm-hmm. You know? And so, doing the little death scroll, I went into uh, the Kabisi letter, and I saw this pop up. One of, one of our show's favorite pages, so yeah. make sure you check them out. I've been pounding him to get on the, uh, on the on the podcast with me, and I've gotten no response. Not even like a, thanks for following the Kabisi letter. I mean, nothing. <laughs> so, I, I am uh, basically fangirling out a little bit on this page. But, very articulate, very smart, and the way he presents data is fantastic. Straight to the point. Often quote him. So, right at the top. Okay, I just want you to, to, if you're driving, you may want to uh, put the autopilot on if you're so inclined to have that. And uh, if you don't, you might want to pull over. Because this one's going to scare you a little bit. The U.S. now has a record of $17.5 trillion in household debt. Mm. A record of $12.3 trillion in mortgages. 
a record in $1.6 trillion in auto loans. A near record of $1.6 trillion in student loans. And the only reason it's not a record. Why is that? Is because a lot of it was forgiven recently. Yeah. And of course, a record $1.1 trillion in total aggregate credit card debt. Actually, $1.13 trillion to be exact. Yep. Total mortgage debt is more than double what it was during the 2006 peak. And total credit card debt is officially up 50% since 2020 alone in three years. Meanwhile, delinquency rates on credit cards and auto loans have hit their highest since 2008. A little period of time we like to refer to as a financial crisis. Great financial crisis. The Great Recession. Consumers are fighting inflation with debt. Something I like to call a fucking bad idea. Yeah, this is not good for anybody. Something that I thought um, was worth breaking down. So it started off with record $17.5 trillion dollars. In household debt, what does household debt consume of? You got mortgages, mm-hmm. you got your home equity lines of credits, you yep. got your auto loans, you got your credit cards. That's typically generally, and then there's some other ancillary stuff as well. But those are that's the bulk right there. Yeah. So what he's really saying with this is the aggregate total debt in households mm-hmm. is at an all time high. Yes. And of course, when you break down these other categories, these subcategories: mortgages, auto loans, student loans. These are all at also at all-time high. So it's not just the aggregate numbers at an all-time high. It's also the subcategories underneath all of them right. are at an all-time high. I mean, that, that's that's not only bad. That's triply bad. Right. Is that a word, triply? <laughs> I, don't think I feel so. like it is. <laughs> I sold it like it was a real, real world. <laughs> you, you bought into it. Yeah, I was going to let it go, too. I'm, I'm going to double Honestly, down. <laughs> I'm triply you, down on it. It shows you how good of a person I am. <laughs> But a lot of the reason why the credit card debt has now officially is up 50% since 2020. So I got some numbers here that prices of things have obviously gone up over years. And we know this is a compounding effect, right? When inflation is going up, even though the inflation number is coming down, that's just the rate of inflation, right? Mm -hmm. That means prices of things are still increasing. Since 2020, consumer prices for things have gone up approximately 19% since then. Okay. You, you know what I'm seeing a lot of recently to that to to really reaffirm your point. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing a lot of people on social media posting fast food restaurants that they go out to eat at with their family in the total dollar amount. People spend like seventy dollars on like fast food meals. Like that's wild as a family. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, but to put that into perspective, right? So that was four years ago, nineteen percent higher than what things were four years ago. If you look at the four years prior to that, so from basically 2016 to January mm-hmm. of 2020, it was only up 8.9 percent. Yeah. So when you compare for every four years, that's that's huge, right? So you can tell the consumers are getting squeezed by these high prices, not to mention with higher interest rates, their minimum payments are going up. And I had an example here to put things into perspective for people that are really trying to manage and are trying to learn how to use their credit card debt, right, is you can't just tackle this with minimum um, payments. And this is the effect of what happens when uh, interest rates go up and your credit card, you know, Payments are also going up. So uh, if if you carried approximately a $1,000 balance and you're making minimum payments, two years ago, the average interest rate on a credit card was 14.5%. Mm. Still high, right? But not the 21% that it is now. Okay? Fucking <laughs> massive, right? So if you carried a $1,000 balance on, a, on those credit cards, when credit cards were 14.5%, you would have been paying approximately $729 in interest to pay that off. Okay? Mm-hmm. With the 21.5%, you're paying $1,200 in interest. Yeah. An extra $500, man. 
Yeah. Right? So you got to really learn how to manage your debts. And a lot of what I'm seeing now and from all these financial gurus online that are giving out advice is, you know, you could you could open them. There's a lot of promos out there. Here's the top five cards where you can do, yeah. a, do a $0 balance transfer. And, you know, this is one thing and one thing that I did see when looking this up that Dave Ramsey said that I actually agreed with. I know we've given him, you know, some shit in the past, but I do agree with this. Before you ever even consider anything like that, you have to figure out the root of the problem. If you're not fixing mm-hmm. your spending or you're not making sure you're canceling these whatever subscriptions you're, you know, paying monthly for that's really racking up this debt, and then what why are you doing this? You're just now giving yourself more debt to climb into. You know, Gen Z got some of the shit right that that I think the older generation didn't really figure out until later. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people are like, "Oh my god. Whoa. You don't have cable?" <laughs> Yeah. It's fucking wild, man. Yeah, yeah. And Gen Z was like, well, everything I watch is on subscription. Like, mm-hmm. I'll watch YouTube. I'll yep. watch, like, HBO or I'll watch Apple or whatever. Right. But I don't really watch the news. And yeah. sports now is available on streaming. Or I'll get it on, like, whatever platform it's My on. My kids don't watch cable, bro. Yeah, dude. We we don't. We literally don't watch cable. My wife and I were like, we, should we cancel this? And I'm like, we probably should. I have YouTube TV and Odun and I split the bill. So he gets a login, I get a login. Okay. But that's because I mean, you're not included because you got your own shit. You're not on YouTube TV. First of all, <laughs> that's, you don't even know that to be true. You're just assuming. No, that. I know that. I've what, been to your house. I know that. What do you what, have? What do you mean I'm not on a YouTube TV? You don't have YouTube TV. I, I'm on YouTube a lot more than you are. No, YouTube we have a TV. Fucking YouTube channel. YouTube TV is their TV service. It's yeah, not the I'm same well as aware. YouTube. I'm just saying I'm more of a user than you two are. That's not true. That, that is, this is why you guys can't drive together. We covered this last episode. And I was very hurt when I had to listen to it when I was editing. This is yeah. I like to surprise you with this information on the show. Yeah, I know. Like you guys plot this shit. I know what you do. How do we make him sound like a jackass? How do okay. we make him feel like he's tonight? Excluded. We're going to talk about all the things that we share from a low cost basis that he wouldn't even know about. He's an ignorant son of a this bitch. Is the, this is the circle of trust of Odin and I, and this is you outside wow, the circle that, of trust. Your circle's bigger than my circle, bro. <laughs> That's a very big circle. What have you been doing to stretch that circle out? It's just right here. It's a circle, right? <laughs> I bet it is right, a here. right here. A, Arun, how do you feel about the size of his circle? Yeah. Pretty small. There you go. Uh, hey, I like that. <laughs> he can barely fit into it. All right. Jesus. Uh, all right. <laughs> Lots of middle fingers going off in the production suite. All right. From Market Watch, the first big inflation report of 2024 is coming out. And I got to tell you, as much as this particular report is not expected to be anything sensational, there is a lot of conversation around it. Here's what CPI is likely to show. Okay. Mm-hmm. The Fed wants more proof that inflation is returning to the low levels. Yep. Right? You, they want to see it slowly moving to the 2% target right now. There is a difference between inflation and core inflation where you're talking about CPI tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And it is largely expected to be a 0.2% increase, approximately. <clears throat> approximately. That's for the month-over-month month figure. But the the figure that you'll see cited around is the year-over-year year figure, yep. right? Last, uh, last month, it was at 3.4% expectations are that it's going to come in at 2.9%, okay? Which would be a big, big win for the FOMC and the Fed. Right, but Jerome Powell and all his homies, especially Neil Kashkari, just wanted to take all the sexiness Mm -hmm. away from this report and said, I don't give a damn what comes out. We're probably not going to cut rates in March. First of all, not only does Jerome Powell go on 60 Minutes, 
Then he has all the homies follow him with like press like related material. Yeah, Fed speak. Full yeah. frontal like Fed all up in your business. Right. Just all out there cheerleading. Uh-huh. It's it's just honestly it's offensive. Next up, you know, you know, you know, Neil Kashgar's gonna come out, take his shirt off like Usher did. Mm. Okay. I I got so upset about the Super Bowl. We're gonna sorry, Jeff. Like, fuck you, bro. We're, we're gonna do this. We have I to love, How do I we love not? you, but we you know, but we have to do this. Okay. Oh, oh dude, I fully I brought that up just so that you could chime in. You see what I'm doing here for you? Okay, I'm let me be clear, okay? Okay. Hands down, unequivocally. It's rigged, right? That shit is rigged. What's rigged? The fucking Super Bowl. Bro, I was driving home because we had to get Carter to bed. We drive home from my mother-in-law's house, top of the start of the fourth qu- fourth quarter, right? Coming home, coming home. We, when the fourth quarter started, we now I had it on a streaming platform that I signed up for <laughs> on Paramount TV, <laughs> so we can watch it in the Rivian while we drive it, right? Right. So Joanna's in the back with Carter, and I'm driving like I'm driving Miss Daisy, but I can hear it to the system. And I told her, I'm like, look, Taylor Swift, Chiefs. There's this, no way this is going OT. Uh, okay. She's like, you don't know that. I'm like, oh, I know. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. Went to OT. By the time we got home, mm-hmm. right upstairs in the house, OT like yeah. a sound effect. Yeah, it's really impactful. Right, OT. And she's like, "How did you know?" And I'm like, "Because I also know the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win, and they're going to be a big camera on Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. who's obviously going to break up with her dude Kelsey because of that. Her PR team's like, "Ooh, did you see the way he spoke to his coach?" No, I know. I saw you post this. So yeah. I'm, not really, I'm not really buying this. You're not really buying Dude, let me tell you. Taylor Swift's a wholesome brand. You can't have an angry, roid-raised-out, like, boyfriend. Well, hold on. If she, He's also a tight end of, of the Kansas City Chiefs. What do you mean? There's nothing really wholesome about that. I don't care how tight his end is, Saeed. He's got a very tight end. His references that you're making <laughs> are very deep. He's got a very... No, but they were seen partying together afterwards, and she was. I'm sure they were she because she can't be the him. bitch girlfriend who's like, "Hey, I'm not happy with what you did." So she got to show up and show out. I mean, I've always thought that this was this was one of those Hollywood rigged relationships, and now oh, she's 100. Now that she's ingratiated herself with the football community, I think somebody at work was telling us how she's single handedly made the NFL like 350 million so far. Yeah, yeah. And now, whenever you Google her name, it's brilliant. Like you don't find the Jets anymore because the whole Jet controversy. It's 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 yeah, that was out there. Yeah, the SEO exactly. is out there. She she brilliant play work, but her PR team is brilliant. I guarantee you, three weeks from now, that relationship is donezo. Yeah, she does. And then a new album comes out. You, oh yes. Well, she trashes him. Oh yes. When yeah, his heartbreak. When his, oh, that'll be terrible, man. I can't wait. And here's the best part. Hands down, unequivocally, something you guys need to know. Okay, I had to show this to Joanna last night. The best Super Bowl performance of all time, 2007, it was Prince. Okay. Ends the show with Purple Rain in the fucking rain. That's pretty gangster. And unlike this Usher performance where clearly he was kind of singing but kind of not and it sounded really bad, Prince sang the entire time in real time while playing the guitar in the fucking rain. Okay, okay. Bo- relax, Hands Boomer. Da- no, hey, stop. Hey, Boomer. Stop. <laughs> re- don't, really, don't, don't, don't you do this, boy. You're, you're really dating yourself. I'm no. Prince in 2007. At the- Have you seen it? I don't need to see it. I like that shirt better. No, stop. No. Yeah. Absolutely not. Absolutely. At- I guarantee you, I don't, even, I don't even need to see it. Go out and just Google best super. Just, Arun, you're behind. You're supposed to be doing this while I'm talking about it. Let's go. Just search best Super Bowl halftime performance ever. I guarantee you it's 2007 Prince. Okay, let's see. This is based off of Google's algorithm? Google's algorithm? Yeah, they're just going to post it? What, what is this going to be based off of? I don't Find an article. Find the first one that comes up. I don't care. Okay. 14 uh, best Super Bowl. Okay. Guarantee number. Is there, is, it's got to be an order, right? Beyonce's there's got to be a ranking. Up there. Come on. Let's see this. 
14 Coldplay. I mean, number they, one guaranteed. If it's rated, if it's rated, rated, it's number one is Prince. 13 Janet Jackson, and Justin Timberlake. I mean, that was good for numerous. Well, Katy Perry was good. I'll give you that. Okay, Rihanna, that which was last year. Yeah, okay, it was good. I mean, it was alright. It was okay. She's pregnant though. Paul McCartney, 2005. Pass. Rolling Stones, pass. Come on, man. Michael Jackson. You gonna pass in that? No 1983. Com- no comment. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, oh yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I never saw it. <laughs> I turned the TV off until that time was over. <laughs> oh man, Madonna number five. All right, let's go. Let's, let's go to number see. one. Come on, no, nobody cares. Go Beyonce, to one. Yeah, number straight one. to one. Uh, Doctor Dre and Friends was really good too. It was okay. Yeah, it was okay. I'm telling you, Prince was way you better. You two, and then number one, Prince, Prince. 2007. Give it up, Chris. When, Woo! When, when was Woo! this? It was posted six days ago. I, was, I didn't see the article. Oh, okay. Six days. This is before Usher's performance, though. I didn't. No, I didn't. First of all, so I you, got, you can't. You can't rate. You can't trust the source yet. We got to. We got to look up something that also includes Usher. Bro, I saw Bro. the Usher performance. It wasn't that good. Why? Everyone and their mama saying it was the best performance. Then everyone and their mama is you and your friends because everybody else <laughs> on the interweb says otherwise. I'm sorry, man. There is no way. There's no way that that album. I mean, did you see the Prince one? No, I didn't. I'll He's saying "Purple Rain" in the rain, man. I mean, yeah. I get I'm, it. How many times I got to say it to you? It was it, it was a cultural iconic moment. The best part the best part about the Usher performance was that it looked like they were wearing dodgeball uniforms. <laughs> yeah, that, that is not a positive, dude. That's a, what do you mean? That, dodgeball is an amazing movie. It's an amazing movie. It's an that, historic that's movie. That's, that's what not, I want. That, that's comedy, bro. Like, that's on, a man. different. That's like Andrew Schultz. Yeah. That, that's not. That, that's not. You don't want to see Andrew Schultz sing "Purple Rain." I kind of do. Yeah, I, I guess I would. The mustache. Yeah. Shout out to Schultz in case he does listen. Congratulations on the baby. Oh, baby? that's right. He had baby Shiloh. Isn't it baby's name Shiloh? Mm-hmm. Good name. Great name. Okay. Well, um, shout out, shout out to Schultz as much if he's listening. <laughs> I don't think he's listening. I have, a, I have a feeling he's not listening. Yeah, I got a, I got a slight hunch. Right. Well, from one music experience to another one. Wait, that's all we're going in on CPI, huh? That's I know it? you got extra data. Go ahead, give it to me. No, I don't give have. It. I don't have a lot of data. I just it's just that one thing that we have to remember is that the Fed has already come out and said, right, that it doesn't really matter what happens. I'm gonna need to see a lot of confidence in that we're headed down towards that two percent target range, right? Yeah. Nothing that comes out tomorrow, by the time this episode actually airs, it'll already have come out. Right, it's going to be enough to really sway the markets in a positive way. Here's the problem, though: a drop of th- from three point four percent down to two point nine percent. That level of expectation is saying a lot. It's really saying that we really expect it to really come down at this. Well, keep in mind too, it's it's the trailing twelve months. Mm-hmm. So people can go back and say, okay, where was CPI twelve months ago? Mm-hmm. Where was inflation twelve months ago? So they're right. they're trying to figure out where it was, and there was already a dramatic change and pivot 12 months ago so the number is largely supposed to have a larger number so let me give you a great example okay so 12 months ago from today if you go back 13 months you know that number is falling off of the last last month's print last month's average so now with this new 12 months with that larger number falling off the tail end you can pretty much assure yourself that it is going to be not too high up and not too high down the question is is it going to be incrementally up or incrementally down because the average is moving closer to a linear number? Right. But now here's the problem for everybody, right? If this number comes out and it does not hit this this expectation of with a two-handle. Okay? Oh, Jerome Powell going to come out swinging. Yeah, he's going to come out swinging. And he's going to basically tell everybody, I told you so, and this is what I meant about holding it higher for longer, right? 
And something tells me that he knows that it's not going to come and meet that expectation. Oh, uh, you doing the tinfoil hat thing again? No, it's not. I mean, look, at the end of the day, he's already come out and said it. So he's going to play this, you know, however he wants just to make prove his point. The Fed has a long track record of being wrong about this. Yeah. About telling you they're not going to do things they ultimately do. A long track record of that. Yeah. And I'll tell you that I'm not exactly convinced that they are fully appreciative of how stressed the market is. Right. And uh, there's growing, growing sentiment that we are likely to achieve a soft landing. Right. But according to who? I, I don't think I don't think that's the case. I really don't think that there's, a, there's a chance of a soft landing. I think the. The entire ideology of the jobs report is wrong. We talked about that in the previous show. Mm-hmm. I, I think that there's been a paradigm shift in the which really of only jobs. which really only benefits the Fed. You keep in mind, right? They have they have a dual mandate, mm-hmm. right? Stabilize prices and maximum employment. We've talked about this on previous shows. Mm-hmm. If that jobs number comes down and it's lower, they're gonna feel forced to have to cut rates because that's part of their dual mandate. Mm-hmm. So in order for them to hold rates higher for longer like they want to, they need a tinfoil hat, get some fabricated jobs numbers to make sure that, okay, you can't force our hand because job numbers are good. Look, everybody, jobs are good. But look at the jobs numbers. are They don't really align with the private sector. Not I know, at all. I know we shit on the ADP private payrolls. But, all over. But that's complete. That tells you a whole different story than the jobs numbers. Yeah, no, it, it does. And I... That's why I think the job numbers are messed up. They've been revised down multiple times. But Arun, let's play a little. Let's play a little game of Russian roulette tinfoil hat. Ooh, okay? I like this. Arun, do me a favor and Google the definition of gross domestic income. Mm. You know where I'm going with this? I see where you're going. Mm-hmm. Were they average too? All right. Yeah. Go to gross domestic income. All right. So gross domestic income is an alternative way of measuring the nation's economy. By counting the incomes earned and costs incurred in production, in theory, GDI should equal gross domestic product, but the different sources of data yield different results. Right. Now, let's go down this a little bit more. Say, uh, Google, what are the sources of data for GDI? They're just, Mm -hmm. there you go. All right, formula and calculations. Oh, Investopedia. I love me some Investopedia. I know. Quoted there multiple times. All right. So, uh, I guess we moved a little more to the right. I can't read it. All I'm seeing is a crypto ad. Which, what are you trying to tell me, Arun? Mm-hmm. I can read it for you. Bitcoin back up to 50000 today, by the way. What the fuck? Man? I don't fucking get it, dude. And all the crypto bros are all up in my shit, too. I got my DMs are full of like, bro, I told you to the moon, bro. I'm like, weren't you just like talking about how you needed to get like, you know, <laughs> God? There <laughs> The Lakers just signed the guy who, back in the day when he signed his contract, he requested to get paid out in crypto. I just found this out, and I'm like, oh, somebody talk to this guy, please. He's probably having a bad week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that week, anyway. He's yeah. probably better now. All right, so uh, the formula for GDI. Mm. Okay, uh, yeah, you're going to read it. You said Gross read domestic it. <laughs> income is a measure of a nation's economic activity that oh, is got, based that on all of the money earned for all the goods and services produced in the nation during a specific period. 
In theory, GDI should be identical to gross domestic product, as Chris just mentioned, a more commonly used measure of a country's economic activity. However, the different sources of data used in each calculation— You're literally reading the exact same definition well, I just bro, read. He pulled up a different thing. What do you want me to I say? Know, he, the, the definition came—I wanted to get the, the formula. That's okay, so good. GDI, here you go. See, is I, do, when, you, do you care about the show at all? Bro, he pulled it up. He was supposed you, to, why are you reading something you heard me just say? He, he was supposed to highlight it. Uh, GDI, <laughs> GDI you equals— You can also tell me to scroll down. <laughs> he put this on you. <laughs> <laughs> Wages plus profits plus interest income. Are you going to really remember all this? No. Plus just, rental just income. Keep, keep going with this. Just keep going. Yeah. Plus taxes minus the production of import or subsidies plus statistical adjustments. Okay. So let me just focus on one part of the equation, okay? All right. Wages plus profits plus interest income plus rental income plus taxes. All right. In 2022, mm-hmm. January 1 of 2022 to... June of 2022, we had two successive quarters of negative GDP growth, which by traditional definitions is the start of a recessionary economy. Yes. The White House came out and made a statement saying, no, 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 no. Despite the fact that's, you know, the commonly understood definition of a recessionary economy, there's a much more complex thing here. Yeah. And uh, they cited GDI. Yeah. A lot of people did for that matter. Like, oh, no, no, no. GDI would typically align with GDP, like as the definition suggested, mm-hmm. uh, that you read twice for me. Thank you for driving that point home You're unintentionally. Very... Arun, how fucking dare you? How <laughs> dare you not highlight it? <laughs> this guy. <laughs> In any event, so they tried to use GDI saying, no, 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 GDI wasn't negative for two successive quarters. But what it was what was happening in January of 2022? Mm. The market was flush with people having excess money. Yeah, more so back then than what they're claiming they have now. Absolutely. Well, that money has been spent. Yes. But back then, you had people making more money on unemployment than they otherwise made working in some cases, which is an unfortunate true reality. Mm-hmm. They had more savings due to the stimulus and pandemic era gifts that we were all writing out. Right. Right? You had PPP loans in the business sector. Mm-hmm. So the entire economy was propped up with this excess spending from excess money they would not have had otherwise right and people were coming out of this cooped up period eager to do things to go places so what happens wages mm-hmm. up profits of companies up mm-hmm. interest income where are we at with loans they were up people were taking out more loans right right, right. Because, rental income because when yeah because back then when the when the fed funds rate isn't where it is now people are more likely to borrow, right? So we artificially inflated GDI. Mm -hmm. And despite the fact that we artificially inflated this, GDP was still negative. Here's the crazy thing. Imagine what GDP would have been had we not have pumped that shit into the economy. Right. So So we took an unprecedented methodology, which caused an unprecedented deviation of these two numbers, what would otherwise be a clear recessionary kickoff. Right. And then we try to say, no, 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 America. Hey, Hey, man. It's not a recession, baby. Right. GDI is strong like ox. Yeah, so what they what they did, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, is they took the GDI figure and they averaged it with the GDP figure to fabricate some false, like, minute positive, mm-hmm. right? Where they're like, oh, see, it's positive. And then they took one of the steps that they didn't really share with the public. Basically, what happened was the White House called the National Bureau of Economic Research and said, hey, man, <laughs> what's up, dog? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. How you doing? That's cool. Uh, I'm on. I'm on these. You shut the fuck up. Yeah. Oh, that's easy for me to do. No, no, no. Forever. <laughs> Forever. Okay. Just don't say anything. We'll let you know when you're home. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. So if someone comes knocking, what do you say? That's right. Not a goddamn word. See you later, <laughs> yeah. 
And we haven't heard from the National Bureau of Economic Research uh, at all in this time. So that honestly, truly, I, I, I still, at my core, fundamentally believe we've been in a recession since January 1 of 2022. Mm -hmm. It's been a prolonged, slow, painful recessionary economy. And the market is reacting irrationally because we pumped it full of all this excess money. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of businesses out there are going to need some help from the Fed really, really soon. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, it's clear. With, with every week that passes by, they're they're dangerously flirting with a disastrous, you know, situation. Yeah, true. You know, I mean, not only that, the repo market, uh, source of liquidity for all, all sorts of institutions, is really struggling. The bond market's been in a prolongated inverted yield curve. Mm -hmm. You've got all sorts of indicators, and people keep doing this weird thing where they're pointing to housing. Oh, housing strong, Chris. Housing strong. Okay, just because the last recessionary economy was a housing recession doesn't mean that all recessions are housing recessions. As a matter right. of fact, most of them have not been housing recessions. Right, and it's I know it makes up so much of the CPI figure that's going to come out. So I'm actually really interested to see that aspect of it. Housing is a huge, huge way on CPI. Right. 40%? Right. No, 30-something. And we were, we were actually talking before the show. The home builders actually figured it out this time around. Oh, look at you baiting me. Yeah, oh, I know what you like. Pumpkin, <laughs> trying to get me all saucy. So, yes, we were talking about how the home builders figured it out this time, and I was having a conversation with a couple other people about this topic, and it's really fascinating. So during the Great Recession, the home builders kind of fucked themselves. How so? They overbuilt a supply of homes for the population that, frankly, wasn't being bought. And mm -hmm. because there was flush supply in the market and all these homes in the market that were existing builds plus new builds in inventory. Right. There was a lot of people doing what, were, what was condo conversions, taking apartments and then converting them into condos and then selling them off unit by unit. It made a lot of money for a lot of builders, particularly in areas like San Diego. Oh, okay. So there was a ton of units coming online at the same time because you so, can do condo conversions much faster. Oh, were the laws on that not as strict as they are now? Uh, well, the laws are relatively the same. Back then it was still housing. Okay. But rental housing versus owned housing is not really, you know, zoned out okay. per se. Yes. But there were some density elements they had to get around and stuff like that. But generally speaking, there wasn't any prohibitions against it. Even today, there's not. Right. But they don't do it as much because what they did then is still a problem now is you had all this inventory drop into the market mm -hmm. combined with people who needed to sell in any way, right? So because, what happens when they release too much inventory in a situation like that happens? Well, uh, this is where Dave Ramsey, to your point, does get it right. Supply and demand, right? If there's an excess of supply, demand can buy but it can only buy so much. Yeah. And what happens is you now have to make your supply look more attractive to that demand. So prices come down to kind of pull that demand into your supply. Right. So people started selling properties for less. And that was a real rudimentary definition. So what did the home builders do this time? Now, everybody's saying, oh, no, no, guys. Hey, the home builders were just, oh, they were, they were just unnerved by the increasing interest rates. And, and they couldn't get loans. And they were going slow. And they just didn't have enough. Enough time to build, and then the inflation cost and wood and well, that, labor, that yeah, all that, went up. That was the thing that was really going around. I just remember hearing about how much the cost of wood has increased. Yeah. And that's why that's why the home builders have really pulled back. That was such a small window of time Yeah, when you look back on it. It was only a couple quarters. Okay. Okay. Typically, typically speaking, just for a normal like home build, 12 to 18 months. Yes. Right? For an entire cul-de-sac, they can do it 18, 24 months in some cases, like an entire development. Depending right. on how fast it is, they can pre-lease this stuff. There's lots of ways they can insulate themselves from the lumber risk. They can buy a ton of it in advance in bulk. They can they can buy it before they, they know that this price is coming up. Like, mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that builders can do, but the builders got smart this time. Mm -hmm. They didn't overproduce inventory, and what does that do? That helps prop values up. Yeah, man. So they can say, "Hey, guys, <laughs> just such limited quantities of this shit." And the example I used with you earlier before the show was the beers. 
De Beers, the largest diamond mine owner and diamond owner in the world, has literally, this is not an overstatement, this is a literal fact, they have enough diamonds in their massive vault to pave every single street in the United States. That's insane. Every single street. That's almost, Yeah, exactly. In the United States. And how are they able to manipulate these diamond prices? Because they have so much in diamonds. They have them locked up in their safe. They mm -hmm. control the inventory in the market. They control the supply to the market. Right. So as long as they keep the supply to the market limited and tailored in such a way mm -hmm. that prices stay up, they stay up. Even in the face of things like, you know, artificial diamonds being fucking completely lab made now. I know, man. It's insane. And they make it so easy now. And there's no way. It's not like anyone's going to run up on you and, like, test your diamond. Just get a lab one. No, I'm that guy. You're not that guy. I'm that guy. Hey, 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 man. Is that a real diamond? All right, I got a little diamond. That's right if here. I came, <laughs> yeah. If I came in with, like, one of those necklaces that had a spinner on it, you would test it? You wouldn't do that. I, would, I might do that. You would not do I'm that. I'm not above that. What would be your spinner? Well, what do you mean? What would be on your spinner? It would be the G-Unit logo, just spinning. G-Unit? Yeah, back in the day. That's like Tony Ayo? Yeah, that's my guy. That's you? That's yeah. Def, I feel, I feel like. Banks? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, what are they talking about? Yeah. No, true story. True is that story. Tina Turner? True story. One time, this is back in the day, we went out and we had one of those karaoke bars, okay? And I I hate karaoke. Uh, okay? It doesn't whole, sound like it. Whole group of friends. And the way they did it was, if you if you stood up and sang a song, then you got to pick the next person and the song they sing. Okay, that's fucked up. Yeah, Why so would you do that? Somebody did it. I don't remember what what song they sang, but then they picked me, and I went up there, and I wasn't even a good sport about it. I was just kind of like talking my way through it. But then I was like, I my sole purpose of doing it was because I wanted to hand select Odun to go next. What song did you sing? What, what song do you think I had him sing? Well, obviously, it's G Unit. What was it? it I think Many it was. Men? I think it was a. Uh, Candy Shop by 50 Cent. I just, all I wanted to hear was Odun get on the mic and say, so seductive. You know, you know the backstory of that song? <laughs> no, I don't. So Scott Storch made that song. So Fat Joe was in his studio. Okay. From the Terror Squad. And he was like mouthing, kind of describing like slight beatboxing it to Scott Storch. And Scott Storch is an amazing pianist. Right. Yeah. How many times you use pianist in a sentence? Pianist. <laughs> <laughs> so Scott Storch was like, okay, okay, okay. He puts it together, right? He's a genius, yeah. Yeah, he puts it together like super quick. And it has like this pop-like beat. Mm. And uh, Joe's like, you know, I don't want it. Scott's, Scott's like, yo, this is, this is a banger, bro. Like, you gotta, you, you to want this. this. So a couple weeks later, 50 Cent's in the studio and he hears, hears it. And he's like, yo, Scott, I want that. And he's like, hey, man, I, I can't, I made this for, for, Fat Joe. For Fat Joe, like, I can't. Got to get his busing. And they had beef, too. So he calls Fat Joe, like, 400 times. <laughs> and he's like, Joe, are you sure? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, man, I don't want it. It's pop. Like, I don't, I don't fucking want it. Yeah. And so then he hangs up, calls him back. He's like, Joe, seriously, this is, this is, this is going to blow. Like, yeah. you, you need to have. He's like, no, man. Like, I'm, I'm, I don't. Stop calling me, man. Right. Like, I don't want this. Sends him text messages. He's like, Joe, please. Like, don't, no don't make me that, give this that, to somebody much, else. Huh? He knew. Yeah. And he's like, and Joe's like, look, Scott, stop. I don't fucking want it. Okay. That's stop. So then he goes, it's yours. It's funny how stuff. Fucking everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. You know, the same thing happened to uh, 50 Cent with the song in the club, the one that really blew him up. Yeah. That, was, that song was not designed for him. That song was designed for D12, and they passed on it. D12? D12, and then he took it, and then wow. look what he did with it. Mm. Obviously, it wouldn't have turned out the same, but incredible. I wouldn't man. have called D12, man. Wow. Back then, anything he touched turned into gold. Mm. He's so good, man. He's a weird dude, though, man. 
What do you mean? I Have you seen him now? Ozempic, Ozempic 50 Cent? That, oh, what, is he shredded? He's skinny. Skinny? He lost a lot of weight. He said he's not on Ozempic, that he's on, like on the treadmill working out. But, but He's been, always been a heavy into boxing and whatnot. Him and Floyd. Can you stop fucking detracting me? I want to talk about money. Let's, okay? let's get into these TikTok influencers. God damn it. Fucking TikTok influencers. All right. These talkers. <sighs> Inner peace, Chris. Don't, don't go fucking ham. <laughs> don't go ham. Let's pace ourselves. All right. I want to hear a success story. Why do people buy into the shtick? Oh, I got, I got that. You got that? Yeah, I got the answers. Okay, let's go. I'm coming with all the answers. Coming on all this stuff with the answers. Okay. <laughs> the schemes make the same old promises that has been made for years. Just with flashy assets such as cars and Airbnb properties that you can work minimum hours per week. Make high passive income. And somehow shelter all of it from taxes, says Dickie. It's completely false. This from Rolling Stone. That's why we're talking about music, kids. We had a fucking segue built into this. You didn't know what we were doing there? I knew exactly what we were doing. Yeah. Super Bowl music, 50 Cent music in the club, right into Rolling Stone. You were so excited to talk about Prince. You should, have, you should see the look on your face. Dude, I, I'm ashamed of you right now. I'm ashamed of you right now. Are you fucking kidding? Prince was a fucking icon. How I'm, not saying he, I'm not saying he wasn't an icon. But not, Listen, I mean, he's not on the level we, that you put him on. You put no, him on a, you you put him on a different pedestal. The talent that man had. He had a good you, talent. You, you heard the story about Prince playing basketball, Eddie Murphy and Charlie Murphy? <laughs> yes, I have. Okay. Yes, I have. He was a talented dude, man. Charlie Murphy tells a great story. And it's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. It's true. With blouses. They were playing shirts and blouses. Right. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> anyway, so Rolling Stone had this article about TikTok influencers promising they'll make you rich. Okay. And they went into a lot of detail about why it doesn't work. And that statement really stood out to me. And I thought, okay, let's use this opportunity to do some constructive shit talking. Okay. Okay. There are a lot of things you see on TikTok that really echo from my childhood. And yes, to Saeed's point, I'm fucking old, okay? Boomer. Unnecessary, but thank you for the reference. Mm -hmm. During the 80s, there were seminars, and we've covered this previously on shows. It was the exact same thing. The only difference between then and now is that they can shove this shit in your face whenever you're at home scrolling. Right. But it's the same concept. Get you ingratiated into their tribe, their community. A lot of these people are going to use religion to do it. Right. It's just fucking mind-blowing. And how they make it into like a cult-like following. They're able to architect the, the perfect video and study the algorithm to figure out the click-through rates and get you know how to get you hooked in. And then when you discover they've done something bad or they may have some nefarious acts, how do they, how do they get you to believe in them? We all make mistakes. The, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, compelled me right. to see a better path. And that path I'm bringing to you to now help you get wealth because I want to give back if you pay me a fee. Yes. That's not righteous, dude. Right. You're just using religion and weaponizing it against somebody to get them to trust you so that they overlook your faults because humans are fallible. God forgives. You want to be a good religious person, right? Right. Exactly. And it's like, what the fuck? You can't weaponize religion against people, but they do. And here's the sad, harsh fucking truth. I know this is going to sound arrogant. Mm -hmm. Arun, please. Please take this opportunity, okay? To co-sign me as being right. And not be a, not be a sight, okay? 
The average American IQ is low. It's below 100. Agreed. Okay. I get that. There are a lot of people out there who are just not super intelligent. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean that as a knock. I mean that as an unfortunate reality that we have to accept. Yeah. Which means they are preyed upon by people in this space taking advantage of the fact that school did not prepare them with financial literacy. Right. And they may lack a higher degree of emotional and, frankly, cognitive intelligence. Right. You, gotta, you, got, you have to remember that most consumers of this type of content have little to no knowledge about this content. And a lot of them are desperate. Right. They, they want wealth. Oh, Arun pulling up some stats. What do we got here? Is this about intelligence? It is, isn't it? Oh, God. Let's go. One theory is diminished motivation, that people today are necessarily less able to pass IQ tests, but just put in less effort. However, the fallen IQ scores isn't consistent. The Northwestern research finds that in one important domain, the solving of shape rotation puzzles scores are on the rise. So well, if you ever want to, if you ever solve some shapes, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just look at the Rubik's cube. There's an algorithm. Figure that's it out. a circle. Spin it. Yeah. I rotate it. Yay! But I mean. that, but that's that. That kind of feeds into our point, right? It's like you want to learn the algorithm on on how to you know solve a Rubik's cube and make yourself look smart. You're just learning the algorithm. You're not you're not understanding what. First, first of all, of don't don't do that because I actually have Rubik's cubes and I have them in my office and I do it all the time. You just go. Duh, 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 got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not the sound that I make, but yeah. Yeah. You and got yes, the, you I got remember. the magnetic joint too to make you go faster. Yeah, I know. Smooth, baby. <laughs> yeah. You paid extra for that. Yeah, you mm. paid extra for that. Goddamn right, I did. Okay, so I have openly spoke about my disdain for people like Grant Cardone. Mm. Do I think he's a fraud, a scammer? I don't know. Here's what I'll tell you. What bothers me about him is that he talks about the returns that he's going to provide people. Mm. Except he hasn't done it yet. Not right. once. Mm. He hasn't provided returns yet mm. in the exiting of a property. So what he's telling people he can do is based on a hypothetical. Based, and if you read his legal documents, Wait, it says. Explain to me what is exiting the property. Oh, I'll get there. Don't worry, Cupcake. Okay. Pace yourself. All we right. got all night. All right. But no, we don't. Yeah, we got all night. All night? All night. Oh, let's go. So what Grant Cardone does is he's a syndicator. He aggregates a bunch of other people's money, uses it to buy a property in conjunction with a bank loan, mm -hmm. and then he holds that property. And then he'll take the rent and split it up against people who paid him money. Mm -hmm. And after he pays expenses and the mortgage and everything else, he'll disperse that money on a quarterly basis in the form of what's a tantamount to a dividend. Yes. Some people have reported 5 6%. Some people have said the dividends have stopped. Some people have said they got 2%. It really varies. There's different class of members in these syndications. Yeah. So there are some people who say, hey, 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 Chris, that's just the dividend that's coming out. But we're really going to get paid when he sells the property in somewhere approximately 10 years from now. Mm -hmm. And he sells it for a lot more money. Yeah. So I'll get my initial investment plus the equity appreciation over time. And that's the real value in it. And I agree. In a hypothetical world, that is the real value. But why would you trust somebody who has no business experience doing this previously? That's the problem, man. That's the problem with all of this. Well, it's, not, it's a problem with not only all of it, but it, it's it's a murky, not transparent world. So basically he's saying, Said, Said, I, I can make you rich. If you invest in me based on the performance of multifamily properties, apartment buildings historically, mm -hmm. if you take all your money and you give it to me, I can make you all this money because this this asset class has performed well historically. Right. Yes, for seasoned, experienced operators, of which you are not. Yeah, you don't have the pedigree. Yet. Mm -hmm. Now, most people start off with one or two funds, and they start off with smaller properties, and they grow up over decades in this space and get better returns for better people, and those returns lead to a better reputation. 
But what did he do? He went all in right away. He went from a sales coach right. to going, how can I make more money? There's a lot of people doing this. Right. I'm going to do that. And you'll find that's what these guys do is they jump from one thing to another thing where they can teach you to make money. Right. That's how Amazon sellers came. Amazon, you know, all that Walmart stores yeah, are largely fucking cons. Don't right. buy into this shit. I know people tell you they can make money doing this, and mm -hmm. there are people out there who say, oh, I can do this, I can do this, I can. I'll teach you, just pay me. Right. Do not do that. As an attorney, as somebody in this space, Thank you. I have litigated these cases. I have literally twenty-five, dollars $30,000 who were paying per store, and most of them either never made money or got shut down. Right. And everything these, quote, courses sold these people and taught them, in addition to getting the stores set up for them with a revenue share and all this fancy bullshit, never happened. Right. If they have the, if they have the recipe to the secret sauce, why are they teaching you? And this is the thing that I think people really get disconnected on. Pace Morby. So here's another thing that bothers me about this section, okay? Mm -hmm. Grant Cardone has now found a lot of people that will co-sign him and enter his orbit. And I'm picking on him because it's just so visible for most people and readily understood. Pace Morby, who was Jamil's boy. And I love Jamil. Jamil was on this show. He's a good human being. Mm -hmm. He's really tight with Pace. Pace is now in with Grant. So now Pace, Jamil, and Grant are now sharing their clout. Of course Grant thinks Pace is a nice guy. Of course Grant thinks Jamil's a nice guy. Because they're not fucking each other. Right. They're cross-pollinating their brands to sell more of their stuff to the other person's audience. It just only legitimizes them more. So they use the other person's clout to legitimize them by giving them platforms. And they know that they don't resonate badly on one another's message. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Anybody who disagrees with them is, quote, a hater. You're not a hater if you point out material flaws in the way people do things. For example, Pace often tells people to do things like breach existing contractual requirements. Changing title to a property is an illegal transfer of title according to you. I shouldn't say illegal. It is a contractual violation of your obligations in your contract. And if you call Pace out on this, which I have done publicly, he says, Chris, how often does the bank actually call the note due? Who cares? You are telling people to take a risk, mm -hmm. which could wind up with them losing everything solely yeah. because you're playing the odds of them not losing everything. Yeah, that's a wild assessment to make. It is a violation of the underlying terms of the loan, and some banks will call you out. And he's, how are they going to know? Because they get insurance under somebody else's name, chief. It's, yeah, exactly. it's visible. And the worst part about it is, is the more you call somebody out and you clearly identify it and get aggressive about it, the more they go, oh, no, 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 you're just a hater. Yeah. You're an oppressive person. You're a bad person. It's like, no, dude. Right. I'm not, I'm trying to protect the people that you are preying on. Yeah, exactly. You're not really laying out the potential risks and the downside to this if it, if it all goes south. And has, I don't know if Grant has done this. Has, has he ever publicly addressed the fact that he sells the pro, he first buys the property and then sells it? No. To the fun? No. Like, there's no there's no positive spin to that. No, and that's where... And so, just full disclosure, I followed up with the whole lawsuit that he's allegedly suing John Legere. Oh, okay, that's right. right? We, we haven't followed up on that. And I'm, I'm an attorney, so I can see when documents are filed. And one of the things you have to file is when somebody has been served with the court. Okay. To date, I have not seen John Legere actually being served. But what I have seen is Grant Cardone go on like 15 or 20 podcasts talking about how he's suing him and how he's a bad person. He didn't want to do it and how he doesn't hate on people. He just aspires to be like so many people that are wealthy. So when he, he talks bad, he's just jealous, but he really wants to he's just spinning the narrative. And it's yeah. like, okay, so now you filed a lawsuit, you paid $400 to file it and you haven't served him yet. That's weird. Right. Yeah. That's weird. That's really weird. Yeah. Why isn't it filed with the court yet? What's going on? 
Exactly. And maybe you're having trouble serving them. I don't know. But I'm just saying, like, this is one example. But there's lots of examples like this. Mm -hmm. There are so many people on social media selling. I saw a guy the other day selling. So he would create a corporation. Mm -hmm. And then his whole shtick was to sell an existing corporation to somebody. Because, look, it's been, it's been around for two years. You can buy this from me and you can go get credit now. No, dude. That's not how this works. That's not I, how this works. Yeah, I hate this rhetoric. I, I saw this actually too. This is going around because you need to have two years of you know mm -hmm. income to show. But that's the problem. You haven't made the income. Just because the corporation's been around for two years, that doesn't mean you qualify for a loan. But people don't know any better. Anybody who sells Airbnb arbitrage, and I have gotten in total fucking shit show fights about this, okay? <laughs> Chris Choi, if you ever hear this, fuck you, bro. Oh. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Fuck you. He's Damn. one of the first guys I ran across in this space, and I could tell he was completely full of shit. I even went so far as, spoiler alert, I can pull title to all these properties. And Chief, your name and any LLC you owned wasn't associated with anything except for one single family property in San Diego. And when I did the digging on where you lived, you lived at a fully furnished rental property in a high rise. Right. And then the boat you said was yours wasn't yours, brother. Right. It was the apartments that they let the guests use. Wow. So, and that, this is the problem that bothers me is it's so, maybe he is telling the truth. Maybe, maybe he is. And maybe he, he has a lot of Airbnb properties. Mm -hmm. If you have so many properties, why are you trying to teach people about Airbnb arbitrage? Right. Why, don't you why is that economically viable for you? Right. Exactly. It shouldn't be because you're charging people five, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars to do this. Right. Okay. And guess what? You get four or five people to sign up. That's meaningful money. And the way they're the way they're selling it and the way they're saying they do it is they go to Airbnb, right? And they say, mm -hmm. We provide this service. Well, I will continue to rent this out. Right? No, no, no. They go to a landlord and they say, Hey, I'll look, you can rent this out right now, this unit for three thousand dollars a month. But right. what I'll do is I'll pay you thirty five hundred dollars a month. Okay. But I'm going to sublease it out as Airbnb. Now, that's the ethical way to do it. A and lot of people won't disclose that up front. Yeah, telling them that I'm going to sublease it. Yeah, because a lot of people subleasing in the single family in the in the apartment rental area is not right. legal. And the you benefit, can sublease in commercial real estate. The benefit to the landlord is you get continued monthly rent no matter what. I'm guaranteeing it, right? Basically, what he's saying is I'm guaranteeing you above market rent. Yes. And a lot of these landlords were okay. The problem is it's not exactly what I would call a hospitable environment for your other tenants in the building with people that are strangers coming in and out. Right. So in, there's there's laws in cities and other states now which are really cracking down on this. New York's a great example. Mm -hmm. They actually cracked down on it pretty hard, and I, I commend them on the way they've done it. And it's actually dropped rental rates in the area for, for people that are long-term tenants. Well, okay. But the problem is this was so sensationalized in so many fucking markets. And there's there's a guy named Chi Ta who's all over Wealth right now, mm -hmm. at Wealth on Instagram. Oh. And he's like playing ping pong and like checking his phone and he's like, Oh, look at these receipts of, of all this money that I'm making Airbnb arbitrage. I'm done. There's a guy who goes to my gym. He looks like Sean Penn, uh, from, uh, fast times at Ridgemont high. Okay. Right. He's get, wears the beanie drives a Rolls Royce. He does like the whole videos and he's like, Oh bro, I'm just possibly <laughs> making uncalm. <laughs> possibly and, making it. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here, dude. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but yeah. your story just looks fucking false. Right. And here's the way I look at this. And I know it comes off as negative, but here's the way I look at it, okay? If I look at you and I call bullshit, the obligation is on you to prove it, not right. on me yeah. to, to go, let me give him the benefit of the doubt. Exactly. If you are different, and I'll use myself as an example. I know I'm not a traditional banker. Mm -hmm. I know I've got a glorified man bun. Mm -hmm. I know I dress and sound like an asshole. I get that. I know when I go to New York that I have to wear a suit. Mm -hmm. And I know when I go to New York... I'm going to have to prove myself because of who I am. Yeah. I understand the reputation that follows me. 
I'm a guy who's different. And by being different, I'm and I put myself out there on social media, I do these things, I know the obligation is on me to prove up that I'm actually talented enough for you to have any level of respect for me compared to like Jamie Dimon. Right. Right. But at the end of the day, I look at this shit and I think, okay, that's that's on me. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to be the guy selling every, oh yeah, he, he she, uh, she, she, oh, she, T, B and B, whatever. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. This guy, he's all over and it's disgusting. Only a few will understand, you know, equals five minutes. This equals 30 minutes. This equals $500 a month. This equals $2,000. Get the fuck out of here, dude. Yeah. We all know the traditional way of real estate, but look at it. What he's trying to do is he's trying to sell. And this guy's local, by the way. Yeah. yeah all these guys are local, which is wild to me. Uh, POV being an Airbnb host, and he's playing ping pong and he's grilling and he's doing all this stuff and mm. he's acting like he's having wild times and he's fun. He's got he's not yeah. being able to buy yeah. his mom this and and look, these are all the things that play at your heartstrings. Right. Okay? And this is just like basic just humanity. Right. I want to retire my mom. I don't want to work so much. I want to be happy. I want to mm. be able to do what I can. This guy looks young. I'm young. He can do it. I can do it. These are all weaponized against you. For the same, this is no different. Like I feel like the consumers of this type of content, right, that end up falling for it, right? They're fully aware of how some of these influencers online don't look and have the life that they say they have or they make they make it seem like they have. Some do, but that life is coming from you paying them $20,000 for a course. No, but even like keep it very simple, right? Even the Kardashians, mm-hmm. right? You know that their images are photoshopped, they're airbrushed. It's not really who they are. There's just some photos I've seen of Khloe Kardashian, bro. I'm like, that's not you. I, that doesn't even look like the same person. How right? often do you look at Khloe Kardashian? Oh, my wife has showed me, right? Of course, yeah, sure. But if you can understand that, you got to understand that these same people can architect and curate these images in a lifestyle and make it seem so easy for you to do that, mm-hmm. like, you need to show that you have a pedigree, right? Like, we haven't sold anything, and we have, we've discussed something in the show before that we probably won't, right? But maybe someday, if enough happens, maybe we'll consider it if, if the demand is out there, okay? But as well, of right I now, mean, we haven't. I'm not talking like tens of thousands. I'm talking like a $10 a month subscription to like a private chat, and we right. talk about business and stuff in a more personal way. And we haven't done— but, but this is wild to but, me. But here's the thing. At least you know with that, you're getting, you're getting the experience, right? You know you're getting people, some with a degree, Right. You, you're getting someone that knows what the fuck they're talking about. Well, I mean, here's the thing. This, I look at, it's validated. It's, it's verifiable experience. Was it room chiming in there? Was that the other I, I was, yeah. I thought you hissed I, uh, <laughs> 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 No, um, I just searched, like, uh, financial influencers yeah. and take a look at this list. Oh, this is not going to be good. Not okay. one of them looks over the age of 30. All right, Humphrey Why Yang. I like Humphrey Yang, Humphrey's though. a good dude. Humphrey Yang's a good dude. Now, I would look at him and... I would say he recycles a lot of stuff that's clearly coming from Google. This is not from his experience, but he presents it in an educational, meaningful way. So no yeah. knock on him. What else you got? Yeah. Okay. Taylor Price. Never heard of her. No, don't know who she is. Yeah. Uh, she looks like she's 22, 23 years old. Yeah, she like, looks young. Why would I listen to her? There you go. That's what the about. fuck is this? Kayla Katz? Teaching credit in 2021. Okay. So, again, so let's stop right there. Kayla Katz, teaching credit in 2021. She, what does she look like? In her 20s? Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Featured fair. on Good Morning America and Wall Street Journal. Here's a thought, okay? Wall Street Journal. I'm the fucking former chief credit officer of the institution. I built the credit policy. I've seen billions of dollars. And this girl's gonna get more street cred because of what? She's relatable? That's all that's all it is, man. She she's amassed the following. Like, do you really well, who's what? This is her? Yeah, no. this is why this is why these lists are suspect. Wait, bro, twenty four hundred follow? This is Instagram. She probably has bigger TikTok, three hundred K. There you go. 
She on TikTok. That, that's the problem with a lot of these people is they're big on one platform. And the platforms don't really cross. Oh, how so, interesting. So, yeah, it's not really, not really there. I got a whole lot to tell you about that. Like, we'll get to the platform thing in a All minute. Right, right. My rant's going to continue with that. But let's go back to the 10. So I don't know who that is. Um, Michelle Schroeder-Gardner. I don't know who she is either. I mean, this, she looks, looks young very, as shit. And looks very wholesome. But looks, yeah. Nate O'Brien looks young as shit. Kendall. Come on, man. Don't know who that is. Who are these people? Tim Merriman John. These all look like young people. This was the second article on Google when I searched it. This is wild. Okay. Well, I mean, look again. But yeah, to your point, this is the problem: is people are taking information from people who look like relatable to them. Yes. Because we've gotten we've gotten to this point where we hate the establishment. Right. We don't like the idea of traditional education. We don't like the idea of somebody working. Ooh, Chris. Ooh, ooh, you work for the man. (laughs) I know, right? Who the fuck is the show me the man? Who is the man? Like, who is the man? Yeah, I'm the man. Uh, come on, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know. A great, but, no, but by the way, a great yeah. Fifty Cent song. I'm the man. Was it, did you do that on purpose? I, I don't know what you're talking about. You don't know that's a great song. I feel like you're talking With, about RuPaul. No, no, Fifty Cent and Chris Brown. Check it out. I don't listen to Chris Brown songs either. What? He's in the same category as Mr. Jackson. No, he's not. I'm sorry, Mr. Jackson. I am for real. He's in the same category. Yeah, yeah. Chris Brown canceled, dude. No, he's not a cancel for what? Bro, he beat Rihanna in her car for giving him an STD and oh. cheating on him. Allegedly. I mean, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not making fun of the circumstances. I'm just no, saying no it, these celebrities are wild. Uh, they're wild I, and, yeah. They've all moved on to better pastures. But um, So there, there's some themes here. And Arun, just pick an influencer in the finance. Pick up, pick a Ryan Pineda. Great example. Let's go to Ryan Pineda's page. Mm. I've been on Ryan's podcast. I don't have a lot of bad things to say about him other than the fact that I don't like some of the people he hangs out with. But we'll use him as an example of something that we're seeing on, on Instagram. Um, uh, totally spelled wrong. P-I-N-E-D-A. Pineda, not pendant. <laughs> okay, just, just for spelling purpose. There you go. The YouTuber guy. There you go. There guy with, you go. The guy with the wild hair. Ryan. How did you get Ryan pendant from Honestly, Pineda? like someone... I don't get mad at him. Somebody in his circle needs to slap him for his haircut. Uh, he's whatever. Uh, so Ryan does uh, a lot of these conventions. He does a lot of businesses and all this other stuff. But he's gone all in. He was a, a grant. And this is where Grant Cardone is more complex than people realize. Okay. Mm-hmm. This man went to a 10X conference and now has a platform. And he has a notable presence in a podcast, in social media, Mm-hmm. Look at his followers. 418,000 followers on Instagram. He syndicates deals too, right? Uh, yes, he does. He Because, again, all these guys found the thing that makes money, and they've all hopped on right. to this thing that's new to them, but it's been around for a long time. So go up to the top here, the top right. Let's just go to the top right. There you go. That one, right? The purple one? There, top right picture. There you go. Click that. Okay. Stop right there. 74 likes posted six hours ago. 74 likes. And how many comments do we have there? How many can you see? Zero. No, no. There's comments there. Really? Oh, interesting. Go back to the original post. That's that's fascinating. So look at that. It says six comments, which none of which are visible, so they're probably all spam. Mm-hmm. And 74 or likes. Or he hid them because they're just calling him out. Go to the oh. next one, the Grant Cardone one there, where he interviewed him. On 20. So 20 likes, or 20 comments, right? 300 and, oh, and most of them are hidden. <laughs> so there's only two that are visible. The rest are hidden. And how many likes are there on this? 304 likes. This man has 418,000 followers. Yeah. This is an interesting part of the algorithm that I'm seeing more and more. The algorithm has changed. It has. And I would say that there's some fake followers here for mm-hmm. sure. I would also say, so go down farther. We, I, down I, farther. You, you and I did this not too long ago but, where, where we looked it up. I even went on, like, just do a comparison. 
Mm-hmm. I went on the Lakers social media page yeah. and looked at their follower following count and I took the average number of likes they were getting. People also aren't liking as much as they they're were. They're not liking as much as they were. They're not commenting as much as they they're were. Just, they're just consuming the content. So, But here's the interesting thing. Okay. Is that I think we're seeing a pivot now. I think what people are seeing now is a pivot to a world where this curated type of content, this overproduced content, mm-hmm. is obviously people selling now. Yeah. And it doesn't work as much. It's a little too gimmicky. So this is where I have to warn people, you got to be cautious of the ones that aren't this visibly curated mm-hmm. because those are also the new way of selling you. Yeah, yeah. And that's where TikTok really gets it right and gets you is these people that look like they're teaching you and like are walking around, simple having a conversation, pulling out their phone, the Gary V kind of well, methodology. There's that, there's that new guy that's popping up all over YouTube, Sam, the bodybuilder guy. What does he do? Oh, yeah, Sam. Sam's a great example of that. Sam Sulman. Or Sulman. Sulman. I'm not saying that he's selling anything, but look how he makes his content seem so raw and unfiltered, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, no, Sam, Sam Selleck or something? Sam Selleck, yeah. Uh, uh, not Sam Sol. We got a, there you go. Selleck? Uh, I think it's with a Z, right? E-K. E-K. No, no, it's with an S. It's with an S? Yeah. That's what everybody listening to the show wants to hear. Uh, oh, you yeah. might not be able to find him. Yeah. No, no, not he's, that's good. not it. Yeah. Anyways, you get my point. Like that's yeah, the new he's, way. He's a great so, example. Yeah, he's, so just make sure that you're aware of what content you're consuming and you know what you're buying into. And the point of all this is, is TikTokers, social media personalities, they will show you a world, and then they will try to sell it to you. Mm-hmm. And yet, their sensationalism in what they do—they try to go over the top in extremes. Mm-hmm. Look at my cars. Look at my wealth. Look at my Rolex. Look at all these things. Yeah. Okay. They they stick their own little their group and they gatekeep celebrity and clout for only people who buy into their message, right? And then at the same time, you're watching them because they're very clickable. They're they're giving you all this clickbait and they're sensational. But when you criticize them for these things, which by the way are the natural human probable out, outcome to you doing it, if I'm rolling around flaunting a Ferrari. If I'm rolling around shoving my money in your face saying, you can have all this. Look at me. Right. I can teach you. But I have to charge. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If you're doing that, the natural human response is to be critical. Yeah. And then they label you a hater. And, they, and then here's the interesting thing, and, I'll, I'll, and I'm going back to Grant Cardone as, as a way that I think is gonna, we're going to see a wave here. Someone like Grant Cardone has amassed money. Like it or not, he's amassed money. And like it or not, he has amassed a business infrastructure. Good, bad, or ugly. It is what it is. Now, do I think he's a fraud? Do I think he's going to jail? I don't know anything that, that suggests that. But I do think that he's talking about a lot of returns that he has yet to bring to the market. Mm-hmm. But what he desperately craves, and you can see it, is he wants the respect of the business community. That's what and he's, he's not getting it. He's not getting it. No. And that's the problem that I think a lot of people miss here. Is when you go down this path under the auspice of being a business person, a quote entrepreneur, and you don't have any credibility or any background. It's really difficult to have the world see you as anything besides an entertainer. Right. When you Google Ryan Pineda's name, he came up as a YouTuber. He didn't come up as a real estate investor. He didn't come up as, as a businessman. He didn't come up as an entrepreneur. He mm. came up as a YouTuber. That's right. Google Grant Cardone's name. Let's see what comes up. Right. And look, if there's anything we've learned from guys like Sam Bakeman fried right? Oh, who's he? Yeah. yeah. You okay, can not his website, his name, Google his name. You are not doing high level Jamie stuff. <laughs> yeah, you can um 
They try to buy the internet celebrity. <laughs> that is not a businessman. <laughs> that is not an entrepreneur. <laughs> that is not anything credible. Right. Well, that is an internet celebrity. And of course he doesn't like that label. I get it, dude. I right. get it. He wants to be labeled a billionaire, right? He wants to be labeled a businessman. He wants to be taken seriously in the business community. He wants the credibility of being successful, which, you know, if you've acquired all this wealth, I mean, yeah, you want mm. the, you want the, the respect for building something. And that's the unfortunate thing that I think people don't realize is the natural problem. When you use sensationalism. Yeah, stop saving your money. When you build clout based on, on extremism. Right. You don't wind up at the end of this, this road. Right. With respect from the street, from businessmen. Right. And women. And if there's anything that we've learned, like I said, from Sam Bigman Fried, right, is these guys try to buy their, their legitimacy with celebrities. Yes. He's no different. No, I've seen him. I've seen him interview with Kevin Hart. You, Snoop Dogg, too. Snoop Dogg, too. You know he's paid these people. Yeah. They're very open about it. Yeah. You look back at, like, Tom, Tom Brady. He's probably kicking himself like, fuck, why did I take that payday? No, Tom Brady's like, God damn it. Why didn't I cash that crypto in? You don't care about the payday. You know, they don't care. They don't care that they're, they're losing their own legitimacy. I don't think Tom Brady had legitimacy in the markets anyway. That's the thing I don't get. It's just because a celebrity sits next to somebody. Why does that give him legitimacy in like teaching you something? Well, it's no different than like Hertz signing Tom Brady. It's like, oh look, Tom Brady likes our brand. Yeah, I mean, well that that's been that's the what they're doing, right? Yeah. They're, they're taking a page out of that. Like, look, he likes our brand. He likes what we're doing here. Yeah. It, Otherwise, why would he be here? And I look at this is going to sound really stupid and left, but hear me out. Okay. You ever heard the story of Sriracha? No. So Sriracha. Was it Sriracha and Drake? No, that's Rihanna and Drake, right? <laughs> you heard you hear what Drake used to do? He used to pour Sriracha into his condoms. Oh, I did hear that, but I I thought it was wildly inappropriate for the show. <laughs> that was inappropriate. Yeah. Of dude. all things. You saying you coming on all the things is not inappropriate. No, I'm coming to all the things. <laughs> no, you said I'm coming on all the things. Well, it was a slip. I didn't mean it in the way you took it. Clearly you've got a, a different thought process going on. I'm trying to be Political ruin. Did you get that from what I said? <laughs> your hand, your hand that. gesture did not help. What this one? No, when you were like, when I'm you're coming explaining. on all. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm coming to all the things. I, I'm I'm very hand gestury. <laughs> like I, I I speak with my hands. You have Obama hands, dude. You made an asshole with your hand earlier, and you got you mad at me. It's outside the circle. <laughs> <laughs> your circle of trust is oddly shaped like an anus. I want you away from my circle of trust. Okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We can't have one PG-13 show. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I can just imagine. Chris, did you did you reference coming on things? <laughs> no. Saeed just misinterpreted that way because he's a pervert. Don't be that guy. I'm innocent, America. <laughs> Don't be that guy. One day we'll clean Saeed's up. Saeed's already looking at the clock trying to wrap up. He's like, one I'm day. trying to go home, Yeah, man. I'm not trying to go home. It's just we promise we keep it under a certain time. We want that. No, we didn't. You promised We that. want that consumption you. rate up. <clears throat> Or we we release this in two parts. Listeners, if you're on board, we can oh, do that Oh, I'm too. hearing his sex jokes. <laughs> release this in two parts. It's so good. You want the consumption. <laughs> We've got off the deep end. I can't help it. I'm, so I'm, sorry, I'm looking at Grant Cardone's face. It's just not good. Do we have another article? We have another we article. We have multiple articles, yeah. man, but it had to do with the uh, Do Yourself Favorites uh, from CNBC. It's a... Uh, um, some some of that promised some Airbnb arbitrage is getting sued now. 
Oh, this is actually becoming a recurring trend. I, we should spend some time on this just because you know, I want to keep Saeed here longer. Okay. Um, so from CNBC, investors in Airbnb arbitrage business allege they were defrauded in scheme, promising higher returns than the stock market. Okay, little little rule I live by. Okay, anybody, anytime anybody promises you high-ass returns, mm -hmm. it better be established with something called performance. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Okay. Not performa. No, not pro forma, performance. What is performance? Pro forma would be future... Expected right. things that you right. happen, earnings, you'll, for example. You'll right? see this in a lot of like broker packages, right? When yeah. they're when they're trying to get loans, they'll try to tell you, "Oh, this is what we're going to be making." It's like, wait, hold on, you're just you can't just throw these numbers out there. I need to see the historical data. No, no, Saeed, you don't understand that I've been in this market for a long period of time, and I understand the trends and the nuances in a way you never will. So just trust me. Give me your money. Hey, I'm man. 24, but just trust me. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of that. Uh, a lot of that. Um, and it's 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 wild to me. So this is actually becoming a reoccurring thing. There was a guy in New York, a little Indian boy. That's what he was. Just for full disclosure, I'm not being derogatory. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember his name. Why'd you Indian have to boy. say Indian? <laughs> you said a little Indian boy. Why a little Indian boy? Google him. When you why? see the we picture, you understand. You're a big buff guy. I'm not a big that, buff guy. That's, that's on. I'm a large human. <laughs> okay, that's, okay, that's on Transcend. No, okay. First of all, you should know better than to quote our sponsor wrong. Okay? Well, no, no. You're using, what do you mean? That's not quoting them wrong. Go to transcendcompany.com slash THSP. That's yeah. <laughs> transcendcompany.com slash THSP. Yeah. Uh, I, should, I should do a uh, shirt off reveal. Uh, post uh, Motsi. Oh, someone's Tesla feeling. Finzi. Someone's feeling a little confident. No, I want you guys all to know you could be average too. <laughs> <laughs> and for full disclosure, anybody who's actually watching this on YouTube and you've liked and subscribed, and if you haven't, shame on you. Uh, and you're looking at my my thighs. It's because I actually worked out and rushed to get here uh, because we were going to meet at eight o'clock. And then Arun and Saeed on the way here told me they were going to be late. Facts. We're at least nice enough to tell you when we're late. What does that mean? You don't tell us when you're late. We're three fucking. We were minutes three late. minutes late, dude. Yeah, well, you said ten minutes late, and we showed up three minutes late because you sped after I after I sent you a message. No, we did not. Yeah, after you sent the actually, message, you called. Oh, do you want to? Oh, do you want to make a U-turn? I didn't make. <laughs> He's it. like, fuck this guy. Let's leave him there at the studio. You should have. It would have been a great show by myself. Wow. Would have talked to about a Grand Cardone for three hours. <laughs> you would have edited the show yourself too. Again, like the last one. Oh, that's not true. Oh yeah, that's not true. <laughs> I love how we go down to like two. We go from two shows to one show for a room to give me the show at the exact same damn time. <laughs> a fucking river, <laughs> bro. I'm just saying, like, you gotta give it to me Saturday afternoon and be like, "Hey, man, it's it's uh, it's gonna be done by by uh, Tuesday morning." Have fun, <laughs> Mazels. I'm taking my wife out to dinner, Mazels. <laughs> like, what the fuck, bro? Uh -huh. And the worst part is, I call him out and he goes, "Yeah, you're right. That's probably fucked up. I shouldn't do that." <laughs> it's like, come on, man. Help me help you, bro. Right. You just tell me. Why do you like hold it in? Right. Yeah, I don't yeah. have to hold it in. You love I, it's, holding it's, it, it in. You don't let it out, man. You don't let it this, out. This is this is this is not this is not the proper language. It's the circle of trust. Oh wait, you're outside of the circle. Yeah, his circle is very small. It's got, small, got a very small circle. Very tight circle. It's a very tight small circle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah, I, I, I've seen too much of it. So this, this right here. So Airbnb sprawling marketplace enabled a business called hands-free automation. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Jesus. Because, hey, invest in this. It's hands-free. It's automated. You don't have to do anything. Oh, I was going back to the sex jokes, personally. <laughs> we can't do this. No, it's true. So look, anytime someone says passive income, hands-free, automation, Better returns in the stock market. These are all sensationalized things. They reference artificial intelligence. Of course, AI. Ooh, yeah. That's buzzword of hey the guys, year. Hey, guys, we got AI. 
buzzword of the year, right? You guys should all listen to the higher standard. We actually actively use artificial intelligence to bring you the best quality in possible show that you'll ever hear on any show ever about financial literacy. Especially through the thumbnails. Thanks to AI. Oh, yeah, the new AI is actually done by The yeah. new thumbnails are done by AI. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if I, you know, fuck all of you guys listening to the show right now for not, <laughs> not showing appreciation for these new thumbnails. Chris is putting a lot of time I'm, and effort into I'm this. Not, I'm, I, I'm look, not going to lie to you. You're... You know how hard it is to prompt AI and get the right result? I'm not. Yeah, I need to. I have fights with AI. I'm, I listen, bitch. I said Jerome Powell in the middle with his hands to the side. Yeah, you could teach a course on this. This, I, is, I, I this learned, is what we need to be selling courses on. I, we should. I have learned a little fun fact about AI. AI will tell you I can't make a picture that looks like Joe Rogan. I know. So what I do is. He's a public figure. He's a public figure. What I say is I would like something that looks like Joe Rogan in this setting. Mm -hmm. And then it'll. Yeah, I've used yeah. that. I've used that prompt that you told me—a hyper-realistic version. Or I'll say, I'll give it a prompt, and I'll say, give it the same skin complexion of Joe Rogan or something oh, to yeah. that effect. You can get around AI real yeah. easy. Yeah, exactly. AI is not that hard. There was, there was something that came up. Were you the one, or did I hear it on a, a podcast? We're talking about like um, uh, orange. Um, what, what was it? It was like when what was that? it like during wartime when they would drop the Agent Orange. Yeah, Agent Origin. But they can't Agent tell Orange. you Agent Orange. Yeah. But they can't tell you how it's done. But if you say if you were a book or if you were my grandma. No, that was on Rogan. It was yeah, on yeah, Rogan, that was, right? Yeah, that was on Rogan. And by the way, I've been to the Coochie Tunnels where Agent Orange was dropped. That's just the real name, brother. Yeah, I've been there in Vietnam. That's how it's pronounced? Coochie Tunnels. Coochie. Coochie Tunnels. And there's real small tunnels because the average height of a Vietnamese person. Back in during the Vietnam War was have you been have smaller. you been to all the coochie actually crawl I crawled through the coochie tunnels all the coochie tunnels yeah I got very claustrophobic in the coochie tunnels oh yeah see, coochie tunnels C U C H I tunnel respect it I went to the Vietnam War Museum they told us about the coochie tunnels and I was like I got to see coochie you <laughs> you fit through these tunnels no so what happened was my you buddy too, oh now you're too big for the tunnels no no so some of them like so look this girl right here so some of them would were like. You know, enough to, for me to, like, kind of kneel down and crawl through. Mm. And there were some that were just too fucking small. But it's a massive, intricate network of underground tunnels. And they actually take you through them. But there's no light. So the guy in front of me, my friend, got claustrophobic and started freaking out. And I'm like, you better move your big ass, bro. I'm not getting stuck down here. I'm not going to lie to you. That would be me. There's no way I'm going through these tunnels. Yeah, it is It is very claustrophobic. We had to. So there was a trap like a door, like spinning trap door thing that he could pop his head up through, which we weren't supposed to do that. He literally stood up in the tunnel and like crawled out because he was freaking out and like hyperventilating and shit. It was wild, dude. But yeah, Cooch oh. Tunnels, uh, fascinating place. And I'll tell you, anytime you go to a foreign country to see their spin or their version of the truth as it relates to things that you've been taught will teach you a lot about perspective in American culture. Right. Seeing the Vietnam War through the Vietnamese eyes is such a compelling difference. The articles, the stories, the rhetoric. I don't know who's right or who's wrong at the end of the day or how much of it's factual or not, but nobody ever wins in war. Nobody, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to go to the coochie to figure it out. I had to take that. That was, to go, it was, it was to right get, there. To, it was, it was become there. enlightened? Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, I'm not enlightened. Just figure it out. Just figure it out. You want to get enlightened, you got to go follow Grant Cardone and get... 14,000% on your return. 10x, baby. <laughs> Jesus. 10x. Oh, man. How's everything else, bro? How's Carter doing? No, he's fantastic. He's uh really starting to excel in jujitsu. It's getting interesting. Really? Yeah. What is he learning? What, what does he get? What's it? Does he have a go to? Um, like a go to move? That's why I mean, the kids usually develop one thing that they really like. He's not learning submissions yet, right? 
No, no, it's, it's just basic. They teach that at like I think when they turn seven. Yeah, just basically rolling and grappling. And, yeah, you know, entry exit moves stuff like that. But yeah, nothing, yeah, nothing hyper aggressive. But he loves it, man. That's cool, man. Yeah. Only problem is he tries that shit on me all the time. That's a good thing though. Yeah, reverse naked choke. Yeah. Oh yeah. So what do you mean? Then that's that's a submission. He doesn't know it's a submission. <laughs> His daddy just picks his ass up, walks around. <laughs> just keep choking. He's gonna do it to a kid one day and knock him out. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, not yeah. good. Yeah. But your kids good? Yeah, man, kids are good. Um, we had a we had a situation over the weekend where Adam was getting bullied a little bit at a birthday party that I didn't take a liking to. So daddy had to step in. I, I confirmed with Adam first. I'm hey, is you sure you want to do this? He's like, yeah, let's do this. So you bullied some kids. Uh, I whooped their ass. Stopped them. I whooped their ass in some basketball. Yeah, I did. That's what I did do. Unnecessary roughness. Yeah, but then now they all have. They took a liking to Adam after that, so it worked out. And then we took my daughter to Legoland for her birthday um, on Friday. That was nice. Yeah, and then you had to take all Saturday to not respond to my text messages to recover. Was it? <sighs> recover. It's mm. exhausting, man. I go to dude. I literally respond to you while I'm at Disneyland. Because you go there all the fucking time. Of everyone you text, I respond to you. I'm in the top 5%. I respond to you very, very well. Took you five hours on a Saturday. Mm. The fact that you're keeping track is questionable. Is that why Is that why you were responding to us earlier today? Hey, room Cupcake uh, Princess, huh? you can't talk. You're worse <laughs> than he is. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, he cut you off. <laughs> it's okay. I cut me off, too. Yeah. Um, Odin, how's everything with you? Everything's good, man. Everything's real good. Anything worth noting? He's got both kids are in daycare now. No. Um, Want to read that review? Ball so hard, bro. Read that review. How much money you spend a month on daycare? Which review? No review. 5K? 6K? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's got both kids. Yeah. How much you spend on, on daycare now, bro? Um, uh, Three. He's at 15, 20. <laughs> <laughs> $3,000 a month on daycare? Yep. Goddamn, it's a Lambo payment, bro. That's <laughs> a that's how you look at it. That's things. your flex on social media whenever you want to sell a course. Yeah. Yo, I got both these kids in daycare, <laughs> motherfucker. That is a flex these days. Yeah. I know. Ir- Irvine. Just Irvine. Lighting this on fire, brother. Irvine is wild. Is that a full day daycare for both of them? Uh, Miriam goes from 9 a.m. till 3, and Zara, uh, that's five days a week, and then Zara is 9 to 3, three days a week. Damn. So it's like 1600 and then 1400 so. Damn. Yeah. It's a lot, man. I know. What are you supposed to do though? I know I I get it. I just you know, know. started to fall back on work in January, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, my my kids just got enrolled too after school program on Wednesdays. Yeah, my wife and I made the cognitive decision for she. So Carter goes to school from eight to like twelve, uh, but he gets a lot of time with his mom. That's good. It's it's right now it's irreplaceable. Yeah, yeah. It, it's one of those now. things where. We had a conversation, and I said, honestly, I don't give a shit about the money at this point. Like, I, the, some of the best times in my life were that bonding moment with my mom. Yeah. That Because my mom didn't work for a long period of time when I was a kid. And I was like, I just if we can give that to him, like, that's the best gift I can give him. That's as a, the best. As uh, that's something that I wish we, we could give to our kids, too. Fortunately, it's not, can't, it doesn't work out that way for us. But well, Get a room to get some sponsors, bro. <laughs> yeah, get some sponsors, dog. <laughs> <laughs> So that maybe that's how we get some more. We get some ad dollars. This is how he's kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like kids, kids need to see us more. <laughs> like one of those ASPCA commercials. <laughs> Sarah McLaughlin playing in the background. That's it. That's a winner right there. Please sponsor us. Yeah. Cold plunge. 
One cold plunge. <laughs> one cold plunge. Have you got you get one, right? Yeah, when it's released, I haven't. Yeah, I don't know. Oh wow. Yeah, from uh, Ice Barrel, but it's got the uh, new Wi-Fi enabled chiller and so fancy. It's a seated thing. I'll I'll put nude photos on the internet or something. I'll put it out there for you guys. <laughs> I have to do it. Yeah, you got to record yourself. Look what Airbnb arbitrage got me. <laughs> <laughs> just start that OnlyFans. Show your feet. Yeah, my wife was complimenting the shit out of my feet this weekend. She's like, "You got great feet." That's. I, I, I know it's true. I bro. highly doubt that. I highly doubt. She I know said you that. think that she did. She literally did. We we're doing red light therapy uh, in our house. She's uh, saying it like she just saw your feet for the first time. Look, man, I don't know how often you look at your wife's feet, but mm-hmm. I don't look at people's feet as frequently as you do. What do you mean? I would notice it. See, I don't. I don't notice. I don't look at toes, bro. I'm not a toe guy. I know you. You walk around barefoot in your house all the goddamn time. Oh yeah, all the time, bro. I don't like wearing underwear. If I don't have to. <laughs> you like freeballing, huh? First of all, that's derogatory. What? That, that, What's derogatory about freeballing? No, I, look, I just like. I don't like things constricting my 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 movements. Got it. I like to have freedom. I can't. <laughs> yeah. See. Yeah. Freedom. I like. No, bro. Like I. We promote freeballing on this podcast. Listen, okay. I. I didn't. I don't know how to tell you guys this, so I'll just tell you now. Um. Sorry, Jeff. Jeff's gone, bro. Jeff? Jeff hung up when we got the whole Rihanna thing and like, <laughs> like the Super Bowl and Prince. He's like, Rotted City, fuck this guy. <laughs> he just stopped listening. That's the consumption that stops at 50%. That's yeah, Jeff. right there. Um, love you, Jeff. Sarcasm. It's not true. Keep your five stars. Keep your five stars. Yeah, don't, don't change that. Don't modify. And if you do, it's Bert and Ernie. Bert and Ernie and Grover. Grover. Yeah, not Big Bird, though. Not Big Bird. I got less hair than Big Bird. Got the beak, though. <sighs> That's hurtful. Um, I didn't know what I was gonna say. What was it going on there? I don't know if you guys know this. I don't know. That's what you said. Can't even remember. Can't even stay on trip. Drink another energy drink. Don't point at it like that. That's hurtful. We had one too, dude. <laughs> two cans, bro. Yeah. So that's wild, man. Two chains. <laughs> two chains. Two cans. All right. Say it. All right. Let's put these people out of their misery. Nope. All right. Love you guys. Thank you for tuning in to another fabulous episode of the Higher Standard. <laughs> We'll check you guys. Tune in next Bro, week. You can't laugh. <laughs> like that's you think He's you're... never done a goodbye like this. I know, I know, I know. Exactly. Make sure you tune in next week where we have more financial literacy for you. <laughs> good night, everybody. <laughs> Come on, give me a goodbye. No, we're gonna draw this out for a little bit. Just to make yeah, just sure. make it awkward. Make it awkward for everybody. See, I don't like that you get the last word because then you could always do this to me. I'm not doing this anymore. Bye! Oh, 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 oh bye! That was good. <laughs>